Welcome back to Global Maritime News, the podcast, bringing you the most impactful news reports and analysis across the global shipping and supply chain industry over the past half week. I'm Levine, your host and creator, and as of Wednesday, the 2nd of March, 10 p.m. Singapore time, these are the major stories. First off, the luxury car carrier carrying over 4,000 luxury cars, the Felicity Ace, has sunk. Moving on, U.S. President Biden announces plans to pursue container lines for overcharging. Moving on to stories related to the Ukraine conflict, seafarers in the Black Sea and Sea of Azov will be entitled to higher wages and benefits as these regions become a warlike operations area. Furthermore, bunker prices continue to soar as crude oil climbs to 113 U.S. dollars per barrel, also pushing up tanker rates. And lastly in the podcast, we explore how the Ukraine conflict has ramifications that can spread throughout the entire supply chain. Starting off, unfortunately for ship owner and cargo interests of the Felicity Ace, the two-week luxury Rovro car carrier saga has ended with its sinking. After catching on fire nearly two weeks ago and after attempted salvage operations, the ship, with its nearly 4,000 vehicles cargo, went down near the Azores Islands on Tuesday. In a statement, the Portuguese Navy stated that on Tuesday morning, during the towing process which had begun on the February the 24th, the ship lost stability and sank. The Mitsui OSK Line's operated ship was originally traveling from Germany to the U.S. when a fire started on the ship on the 16th of February. Regarding who will pay for the damaged cargo, Loft van Eventer Black stated that the vessel is subject to the Carriage of Goods by Sea Act, COGSA, which applies to all contracts for the carriage of goods by sea to or from ports in the United States in foreign trade. The law firm stated that, among other things, COGSA gives the carrier and ship 17 defenses for exoneration and liability limitation for damages. Among these defenses, the fire one will probably be the best defense for the Felicity Ace vessel owners because if the vessel suffers from a fire and the fire did not break out because of the fault or neglect of the people on board, they will be not liable. Rand Evanter Black Law Firm added that in the absence of a finding that the fire was caused by the owner's own neglect or fault, the COGSA defense will likely exonerate the vessel owners from liability for the damages caused. The vessel sinking is not the end of the story because it is still unclear how its sinking may harm the sea. The Azores Archipelago is located in the middle of the Atlantic, nearly 1,000 miles from another shore, and is home to coral reefs, tuna, sharks, and dolphins. According to Oceano Azul Foundation, a Portugal-based environmental nonprofit organization, this area is a key feeding ground for several migrating species such as the blue and humpback whales. Furthermore, according to the Portuguese Navy, European environmental groups and government agencies will thus be keeping an eye on the situation. The ship was carrying an approximately 2,200 tons of fuel and oil, as well as other pollutants such as metallic parts, plastics, and paint, all of which are potential toxins to damage the environment. Moving on, U.S. President Biden turns up the heat on container lines for overcharging. In a State of the Union address earlier this week, Biden singled out shipping lines as anti-competitive for raising freight rates by over 1,000%. 
He stated that capitalism without competition is not capitalism. Instead, capitalism without competition is exploitation as it drives up profits. President Biden then announced a crackdown on companies overcharging American businesses and consumers because during the pandemic, about half a dozen or less foreign owned companies raised prices by as much as 1,000% and made record profits. Through the Federal Maritime Commission, the FMC, the president intends to strengthen enforcement of the 1984 U.S. Shipping Act. According to the White House, Biden will ask Congress to address the immunity that shipping alliances have from antitrust scrutiny under current law. In a new initiative announced Monday, the FMC, the Federal Maritime Commission of the U.S., will collaborate with the Department of Justice to promote competition in ocean freight transportation. At the TPM 22 conference organized by the Journal of Commerce in Long Beach, California on Monday, the Federal Maritime Commission Chairman Daniel Maffei said that many shippers really want the FMC to do something about the rapid inflation of rates, as well as the decline in reliability in the ocean freight system. He elaborated further that the FMC could take legal action against carriers. If the rapid inflation of rates is due to some kind of artificial limitation on the supply of cargo space, he added that even after FMC increased their reporting requirements and deepened their analysis of the situation so far, they have found no evidence of anything like that that's actionable, and furthermore, neither has the EU or China. Moving on to our next story, seafarers in the Black Sea and the Sea of Azov will be entitled to higher wages as these regions have been designated a warlike operations area. This comes after a collective bargaining agreement by the International Transport Workers Federation, the ITF, and the employer's representative, Joint Negotiating Group, was formed on seafarers' pay and conditions. The agreement designates the Northern Black Sea and the Sea of Azov as a warlike operations area. As such, when working in these regions, seafarers covered by the International Bargaining Forum Collective Bargaining Agreement. As such, when working in the region, seafarers covered by the International Bargaining Forum Collective Bargaining Agreement will be entitled to benefits. The benefits include a bonus. Equal to basic pay that is payable for a minimum of five days, as well as the right to refuse to sail. The right to refuse to sail will come with repatriation and compensation at the company's expense. Furthermore, seafarers are entitled to double compensation for death and disability. In a joint statement, the JNF and the ITF said that the escalation in hostilities and conflict in Ukraine has put enormous pressure on seafarers of all nations. Especially in an industry that is already suffering under the demands and challenges of the pandemic. They added that the parties agreed that the welfare of seafarers and the protection of their rights in this unprecedented situation was of paramount importance to the IBF agreement. Globally, these IBF agreements will cover around 9,000 ships, and this development comes after numerous reported attacks on shipping following Russia's military invasion of Ukraine. Furthermore, discussions are said to be taking place between the ITF and the JNG on protocols to ensure the safety of seafarers in the region as a whole. There is also talks. There is also talk about making refugee arrangements for Ukrainian seafarers and their families. Russia and Ukraine are both major shipping labor supply countries, with many seafarers from both countries working under IBF arrangements. 
As such, this conflict is major bad news for crewing managers and companies around the world. Relatedly, bunker prices have continued to soar to record highs as crude oil climbs to 113 US dollars per barrel. The rise in bunker prices are also fueling the rise of tanker rates as owners are seeking to protect their bottom line. According to brokers and analysts, the price of ship fuel has been one of the factors driving the recent rise in tanker rates from all time lows, as owners demand better numbers from charterers as they are emboldened by disruption and uncertainty caused by Russia's war in Ukraine. Mabooks, a marine fuel website, predicted that geopolitical tensions and global market volatility would drive bunker prices even higher. With VLSFO prices rising by up to $15 per ton in the coming days. Brent crude oil reached $113 per barrel on Wednesday, up $8 from the previous day, and this is the highest level since 2014. WTI crude futures closed above $100 per barrel earlier today on Wednesday for the first time in seven years as well. The rise in prices came despite the International Energy Agency announcing on 1st March that it would organize a release of 60 million barrels of oil from strategic reserves, so that this will ensure that there will be no shortfall of supplies despite Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Moving over to our last story of today, the ramifications of the Ukraine conflict is spreading throughout the global container supply chain. This comes as container lines, including Maersk, MSC, CMACGM, One, and Hapag Lloyd, have all suspended bookings to and from Russia for their container lines. Furthermore, the clampdown on Russian cargoes that are sanctioned are worsening problems caused by congestion in the container shipping market. Maersk has warned of significant delays as European countries, including the Netherlands, Belgium, and Germany, are holding back vessels en route to Russia. The company said that the related ripple effects were likely to spread across the regional network, resulting in further delays and congestion. As such, it appears that congestion, high demand, and a new level of geopolitical tensions are unlikely to halt the upward trend of freight rates anytime soon. Shippers now have to deal with the double whammy of pandemic disruptions and the geopolitical situation, pushing up prices even higher. As such, in addition to already sky high freight rates, shippers also need to prepare for bunker adjustment factors, the BAF leading to new surcharges. And that is all for today's episode. Thank you for listening to episode 13 of the Global Maritime News Podcast. And if you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Global Maritime News. I'm Levine Tan, your host and creator, and until next time, goodbye.